Welcome to the Moms Hustle Different Podcast, where we discuss Black moms navigating work and motherhood. Welcome to another episode of the Moms Hustle Different Podcast. I'm your host, Brenda Miller, and this week on the podcast, um, my guest is Halima Simpson. Um, One of the things that I loved about this particular episode was how Halima created and maintained her village. Um, She had a village of moms and it was really fascinating to me um, how it worked for her. Um, So I wanted to ask you guys, who is your village? Um, Is it your partner or your spouse? Is it your parents, a good friend? Um, And then what is the role of your village? Are they there for emotional support or physical support to babysit? Are they there for you to have fun with? Or maybe it's all of the above. Since we um, moved away from home, I've realized how my husband is really my village. Um, I've had to learn to be more vocal with him about what my needs are and the support that I need. Um, And he's been helpful beyond measure in this transition. Um, Do I miss my parents and my sister-in-laws and their help with our son? Yep, (laughs) I sure do. Like, there's no doubt I really do. But I'm learning how to plan my time better. I'm learning how to ask for help. We have a babysitter locally um, for times where We may need to get away or get some work done. Um, We have a great childcare facility, which is owned by a black mom, by the way. And I'm slowly starting to make friends here in our new home. So I also started to think about how it's important to have a professional village as well, Um, whether it's somebody to look at your resume, um, or you can go to that person for career advice. Maybe they might give you pointers on your business plan. They could encourage you um, to try something new or different. Um, And honestly, they could also hold you accountable. So as you're listening to this week's episode, just think about your village, whether it's in motherhood or whether it's on the professional side, or maybe you have a village that's a mixture of both. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the episode with Halima Simpson. Halima Simpson is a strategic execution consultant and lifestyle coach whose passion for seeing others achieve success is the driving force behind our agency. She has roots in major cities like Chicago, Atlanta, and she's presently in New York City. A world traveler and lover of all things financial, she provides her expertise through conferences, speaking engagements, and eBooks. Among other ventures, she makes it a priority to give back to her community through workshops for teens and college students. Halima's willingness to share her knowledge with all who will listen is a source of her success. Halima graduated from Shorter University With her bachelor's of science in business administration, she continued her education by getting a certificate in project management from the Georgia Institute of Technology. She is a highly experienced project manager 
holding over 20 years of finance and product marketing experience working in corporate America. Thank you, Halima, for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Brenda, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So as you know, we start our interviews with this little segment called Brag on Your Baby. So I would love for you to brag on your baby for us. Yes, I um, She's still my baby, even though she's 22 years old. Um, she has really um, been such a good, good, good girl. Um, she's the joy of my life. She stood beside me um, and watched me grow um, as being a young child. It was sometimes difficult to be with a mom that's a single mom that's also an entrepreneur. But my daughter was definitely a champion. Um, it's, she was really good at um, basically just being a chameleon and going with the flow, you know, from being me being a mom that takes her to track practice when she was back in school to dance lessons for her to be able to easily transition to go with me to a meeting as it related to business. She was definitely a trooper and she still is a trooper today. Um, surprisingly, she's actually ventured out on her own with entrepreneurship and she started that at an early age. And I believe it had a lot of influence coming from her seeing me do those things, um, as far as being entrepreneurship. So she's now a college student. Uh, she is on target to finish and complete her degree. And I'm just so proud of her because she started her own little business. Um, at this age, she has an online boutique. So my daughter is my gym. She is my joy. And I am so happy and blessed to have her as well as all of us that are moms. We are all blessed um, to have our little ones. Yes, I'm so excited um, to hear that she's an entrepreneur and it seems like she's gotten it honest. So that's an awesome thing, especially as your kids grow up to see what they become and see how they adjust to new um, territory in their lives. I'm sure it's crazy right now being in college during a pandemic, um, but it's great that she's working through that. Absolutely, it is. So um, my first question is usually, um, I start off with a question called, where were you in your career when you became a mom? This is very odd. <laughs> um, to say the least, I could just tell you this. I uh, initially, I had always been a business owner. I started out in the beauty industry. Hence as to why my company, um, if you heard about me, I, I, I make over everything because I used to be a salon owner who did hair and makeup and I did it part time. When I had my daughter, I was in pursuit of being a part-time entrepreneur, but I also dabbled in the beauty industry and I had a full-time job. Um, I had my daughter at the age of 22, turned 23 shortly after, and I had to make some shifts, some changes, because I had to create a balance in my lifestyle that would allow me to do my job as a mom and work a job as well as having my side business where I would do hair and makeup. That makes sense. So you are doing hair and makeup and you have your daughter and you're like, okay, now how do I balance it? So how did you, like what adjustments did you have to make? 
Well, considering that I was a single mom, um, not intentionally, but that's just how it happened, um, which was for the best for me to be a single mom at that time. Um, so what I did was I had a really tight knit community when I was in college of women who had, um, we made each other accountable for certain goals. So I was the only one that had a kid right after school and they became my village. I created a village of people with some family members who were my age, who I grew up with, with the women in the biz, in um, the family who also were in the same space that I was in. Um, mm-hmm. They either were married or they may have been single, but we all were at that point where we had just finished school. All of us had our little side businesses that we did and we were working on new businesses and then there comes the marriage and then there comes the kids, right? Mm-hmm. So what we did is we created days. We created days and put a calendar together to help each other still be able to do certain things. So like if you wanted date night, um, those that were married, we would actually coordinate who would watch each other's kids. So I had a very, very tight knit community of people that assisted me and we assisted, assisted each other with doing things together with our kids as far as vacationing with our kids, making sure that we had support with each other where if we needed someone to watch the kids. Our kids grew up knowing each other. They still know each other now. Um, my daughter's 22 years old now. She still knows that same group of people. Um, as well as when I went to school um, to further my education, I did continue on to go through with my master's degree, but I didn't complete it. I was supposed to do the, um, what is it? The capstone, mm-hmm. um, what is it? the capstone project. And I didn't complete it because my life just took a different direction. Um, and I was just like, why would I pay all this extra money? And I'm like, and they were like, you should have done it. I'm like, no, I'm okay now. But during that time, even when I went back to school to consider doing that advanced degree, I still had that network of people that would watch my daughter for me and watching her while I was in school, watching her while I had my business meeting. And we also would have like this once a month where we get an opportunity to just go have fun as a woman, like go enjoy yourself, married or not married. If you have a kid, if you're a mom, you need to have a time to go out and hang out with your girlfriend. So it was like 12 of us. And if it was my turn to watch the kids and not everyone had kids because some people are also just moms. Right. But those that had children, I would watch that child and we rotated it on a calendar and I wouldn't go out and hang out with them. You know, sometimes we would hang out together, a mix of friends or they would do whatever they want to do. And we would do the same thing when it came to going out and dating. So that's how I was able to create a balance. It was the village that was created amongst the people that I met in college amongst some of my family members and some of their friends, actually, we all came together and created a community to support each other so that we could hit our goals. I love that. That is so practical. Um, A lot of times we're often wondering, like, how do you create a village? How does this happen? And it's awesome that you were able to form such a tight bond with these women um, um, in college so that as you guys continue to grow in your lives, careers, relationships, motherhood, et cetera, you can support each other in that and give each other breaks, spend time with each other, things like that. And your kids get to grow up together as well. Yes, it has definitely been one amazing journey that we still continue to do traditional things, even till the day. That's awesome. I need to figure that out. It's harder when you start when you're older. Um, 
with a group of people and I just moved away from all of my friends and family. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm in New York now. So living in New York City, I still have those times where I'm, you know, we get together two to three times a year just collectively from all over the place. Uh, we even have some people that are overseas. We get together at any moment and be like, hey, let's plan a trip or we're going to take the kids to Vegas. We take the kids to Vegas. You know, even when we were younger, um, in our early 20s, we would get together collectively and take our kids on vacations. If I go through my photo album, you will see that we took our kids together on vacations for spring break. We did like their their sweet 16s, you know, all of those milestone, you know, um, times in their lives, we celebrated them together. I remember when my daughter turned one, none of my friends had a kid. Only one person had a kid and that was my sister's best friend. They, we all had a birthday party and there was just nobody there but adults. <laughs> I love and, and, that, and, and that one person who was my sister's best friend, her and her son, and it was just all adults. Wow. It, it was like that for a while, you know, uh, but, you know, they continued to still be a part of my life, my daughter's life. And uh, we just wanted to make sure that we were still able to, you know, hit those goals and those dreams and desires that we, we had, you know, um, I believe that community and your village has a lot to do with how um, easily it is for how, how much easier it is for you to hit your goals. If you have people that you are aligned with, that you have in your community that are on the same path as you, and you all have the same values and ethics and everything set up, that it really, really could help you get those things that you want in life. Yeah, I like that. I really do. And I think that a lot of times we can make, um, you know, throw ourselves pity parties or whatever else, which, you know, sometimes happens, but to be able to get up and say, you know what, all right, I have this community. Let me see if one of them is available <laughs> um, for this night that I have this to do, whatever else. So I really like that. Um, so as you're navigating this, so you have a young child and you um, finish school and you're a makeup artist, hair, how did you get into project management? Well, um, my degree is, you know, you know, the business administration degree, you know, it kind of covers a lot of different areas, but my area that I always worked in before my first jobs were in marketing um, and in finance um, because my first job was a credit analyst at a bank. And then my second job was uh, even before that job, like high school job, part-time, I used to be a market research uh, person where I would call you on the phone and say, hey, we're doing a study in your area. We're going to pay you $500. I used to be that person. Like that was my part-time job mm. in the summer times. And that job transitioned into me becoming a, the assistant marketing manager, right? Then that job transitioned into that becoming the owner passed away family member took it over, sold the um, business, asked, asked the uh, director if they wanted to, to buy the business for the Atlanta office. The director purchased it. Um, coincidentally, the director was my uncle, who's now deceased, but he made me co-partner with him and he showed and taught me the way on, on how to manage projects and things like that. And so then he taught me very early on, like I'm basically getting you know, built and, and branded up to be this person in project management. I didn't even know it. Didn't even know what the title was. Didn't even know anything about it, but I was doing it, right? Yeah. Um, and in my jobs, 
they had me on the path to do that as well. So I would also work with the project managers and they would send me reports, right? In some of the positions that I have, I would work with the project managers. I would work with the field managers, you know, the sales team, everyone would report to me and then I would have to go give the actual results or anything that's needed back to the people who make the money decisions, you know, Mm -hmm. um, at the companies. I didn't know that I was doing project management. It was later on that someone told me you're doing project. I was getting paid like one, right? Yeah. And they had other little title, titles for it, but it's kind of like I was grandfathered into it. And I ended up going to Georgia Tech just because someone told me I was doing it. Go ahead and, 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 and go, you know, get the education on it so that you can, you know, scale up more in your career. And then they told me, oh my God, you're doing it at work, but you're doing it in your life. Um, so any mom, if you have a schedule and you have, things that you have to do and there are other people other variables that are needed to get those things done guess what mom you are a project manager mm. you have a schedule you have a time that it needs to be done it needs to be done at a certain time and you have a budget everything you're doing in your household you're a project manager and you just don't even know it yeah i mean it's it's something that i realized even for myself um, I just got my PMP um, last year and I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. And I did it after managing a website redesign. And as I was putting together my experience, it's like, oh yeah, I was a grants administrator for a while. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a project because it had a start and an end and <laughs> it was something that I exactly. managed. Okay. I was a grant, you know, I was a project manager. So I think that that's great to remember that a lot of the things that we do are projects in itself and that we have experience, even when we don't think we do. A lot of times we have that experience that we need um, to go to the next level. Absolutely. We really do. And um, it's, 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 that you would talk about project management because I actually apply that um, every day in life and when I'm even at work with the business that I have now I, I apply that same technique and um, share that with other people who are trying to uh, who are not trying who are working towards hitting their goals because women us moms we have a lot on our shoulders <laughs> yeah we have a lot we have a lot we are definitely um the backbone of a lot of things that take place, you know, that, that it's not spoken on, but we just do it. Yeah, most definitely. And so as you're kind of growing in this and you're working in this company and you are project managing, you're learning different areas of the business, at what point did you decide that you wanted to start the Makeover 360 agency? When, once I shut down my salon, um, I went from doing hair and decided I didn't like doing hair. Um, I went all the way through it. Like, I don't talk about it, but I, I worked on sets and movies and did celebrities and things like that. It's not what I thought it would be. Long days, um, cold nights, you know, doing scenes and it's, it's a pool and you, it's, sunny, it's sunny, but it's 20 degrees. You don't know that, right? Yeah. Um, you don't know that. So it was just like, oh my God, these long hours, you know, not being comfortable, um, not being able to leave and go as I want in a salon setting, 
when you have your clients saying, oh no, what do you mean you're going on vacation for two weeks? I need my hair done, you know? So I opted to stop doing hair and then I decided to do just strictly makeup. So I shut down the salon and I just opened up a makeup bar. Well, I wasn't interested in doing that either anymore. I really wanted a lifestyle where I could work anywhere in the world as long as I had like a tablet or just even my phone, right? Yeah. And that's um, basically when I decided people would come to me, a lot of people that worked in the industry that I would meet would ask me, how am I getting these gigs? How did I get opportunities to work on sets and stuff? And they would come to me for coaching. And then they would come to me and ask me money stuff. Like they're like, how... When I got out of hair school, how was I able to just go straight into being a salon owner? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started sharing and I had been coaching and consulting with people for free for years. And then people started paying me and it just decided, just decided, why not start a business? Yeah, that makes and just total take, sense. Right. So 90% of my clients were basically, they used to be, it's, it's transitioned and moved a lot. You know, it's shifted a lot now, but in the beginning, most of my clients were beauty and makeup and, and like fashion stylists. That, that, those were my clients because that was the area that I was deeply diving and I d- dived in a lot. Mm-hmm. And they would come to me and ask me questions on money, um, on credit, on setting up accounts and um, how to get contracts with the government and things like that. That's how it started. Mm. Okay, that makes sense um, to have kind of grown in your career and having um, the hair salon and doing hair. And I can see how that can get overwhelming because I know for myself, I got locks and I'm like, if I don't see somebody once a month, I'm going to (laughs) die. My hair looks crazy. Um, So I definitely understand how you could eventually transition out of that and then going to makeup and be like, okay, now I need a little something different. Um, And then starting a different type of business because it's like you've always been an entrepreneur but right. you're just starting a different type of entrepreneurship venture right and I just found out and discovered that a lot of people didn't know how to do they didn't know anything about their credit um they were business owners I mean I'm talking about salon owners making 300 500,000 a year and it's not even documented and they're not even able to get open up a new salon. They've been in the same space for 15 years. They want to get a new salon and they have money and the money's not documented. So they want to get a loan. They literally make the money, but it's no documentation of it because they've been working as sole proprietors. Um, and that's when I went ahead and took the financial background with me working in the banking industry for so many years. Mm-hmm. And then me also working in the marketing section, even though it was product marketing, Um, they would come to our company to get the people's opinions, which let me know that I knew how much money companies were paying into marketing prior to them releasing a product or service. They put hundreds of thousands of dollars into market research, product market research before product launches, which hence tells me as a business owner, you have to put money into your research into marketing and research and advertising like those were the key things that were embedded in me to know that they spent all this money before they even launched it so like to see a company put so much money into research and Mm -hmm. then on top of them on top of them getting their their prototype or whatever done or the service done they get they have a hundred thousand dollar budget just for us as a company to do the market research on it meaning that we're going to call in this many people Mm -hmm. to survey a group of people um that's why I decided to start 
Makeover 360 agency. And the Makeover, it comes from me being a makeup artist and the hairstylist. That's where the name comes from. That makes sense. I like that because a lot of times when we're starting businesses, we just started because, oh, okay, I want to start this. I think this would be great. But we're not always investing our time and energy into the structure and into Mm -hmm. making sure that the foundation of our business is going to be a success so that we can grow on it and build on it. So knowing like what you said about if you know in the future you want to open a new salon, let's get your you know, your financial straight so that when it's time <laughs> you are prepared and ready and you don't mm-hmm. have to go through hoops <laughs> when the uh, bank is like, yeah, I don't know where you think, where that money come from, taxes and <laughs> all that. Yes, absolutely. So I am like, I am like, my whole thing is us women, you know, us moms, the, the whole point is just making sure that we have the foundational things that we, we need know what they are, know what to expect, and also how to create balance in your life, juggling being a mom, juggling being a mom that works a job, juggling this being the mom that's working a job, has the kids at home, plus they're they're starting a business. Like, how do I do this? You know, how do I get all these things to work together in balance and still have time for yourself? Yeah, I love that. So how do you um, tend to take care of yourself in the midst of this? I know through a lot of this growth, you were parenting a teenager and now you're parenting a college student um, and that comes with its own stressors. Um, How did you kind of balance starting a new business and then also making sure that you're good? Well, what I did initially in the beginning is that I I wrote it all out. Um, I'm a big person on manifestation and affirming things. So I tend to write out what I want, what my goal, what the goal will be, right? And I have different goals. So I would write it out and I would start affirming this is what I want. And then I would just get to writing out how to get there. And I don't start with the beginning. I start at the top. So whatever my goal is, I break it up. I break it down from the top all the way down to the bottom instead of doing it the opposite direction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I write it out that way. And then I say, who's going to, who are the different people that are going to be involved? What's going on? Like with my scheduling, like what, what's going on with my daughter? You know, if my mom needs me, you know, different people need me. I have to put them in the boxes as well. Right. Yeah. And then what I do is I start setting boundaries, And the reason why I set boundaries is because if I don't set boundaries, how am I going to hit the goal? So my daughter knows on this day, this is mommy day. On this day, we're doing this. We have a calendar set up. She has her calendar that she does for herself. She marks out her whole entire month, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like today, we were going to go to a museum, but it's snowing here in New York City. So we're not going to the museum. You know, just like things just to do. Like if it's a nice day, you know, I incorporate everything from exercise Every little detail, I, I have to incorporate it because if I don't, if I miss something when I'm mapping out like that, I'll end up getting overwhelmed. But if I write it and plan it out, who I need to get me to assist with various things, then I'm good. Like even when it comes to business, we're not able to do everything a lot of the times, maybe yeah. because we don't have time or we don't have a skill set. So I'll actually reach out to other people, partner or bar or barter or both with them 
And then those virtual assistants are really key. But you have to have a flow, a structure in order to get a virtual assistant to assist you. And if you have your kids at home, little ones, incorporate them and get, give them little duties that you could you know, normally do. Maybe they can sort the clothes for you. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe um, if you have an older uh, sibling and younger siblings, maybe they can do playtime. Could you play with Mike? Could you play with Savannah for an hour or for 30 minutes just so that you can get something done? That's what you have to map out. So you have to get your home unit to help you as well and schedule out your time when you're working in the capacity of being a mom and a business owner and also working a job. Yeah, Those are the strategies that I suggest for people to do. Um, just because it just makes it so much easier when you're writing it out and you know, what if this happens? Well, if this happens, you need to have that what if on the side so you can have something to handle that what if situation. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I if, love a good list. <laughs> and if things don't go as planned, guess what? What do we do in project management? It's lesson learned, right? Mm-hmm. That's all we do. And we see what we can do to make it better. There is no failure. There's always success. You only fail if you don't plan to be successful. So there will be failures. There will be, there will be trying times for all of us, but it's okay because we're going to learn from it and we're going to say, all right, now I know what to do. And then even if you're a business owner, someone like me that transitions and does coaching, I always take those as learning lessons and I share it with other people so that they don't have to make those same mistakes. Yeah. I think that's super helpful. I know I love a good list. I love my calendar and I keep trying to do better and better with it. I know the other day I was feeling overwhelmed and I was like, Brenda, what is going on with you? What is happening? And I literally had to just write down all of the things. <laughs> and I, I mean, like, especially for work, because I had all this stuff that I need to do for work. And I just like, let me just write it all out. Then I wrote it all out and I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to feel better. Like my headache's starting to go away. And then you start working on it and just taking little bits at a time and scheduling mm-hmm. out when you can do those things. Absolutely. So things will get done versus having it. Because sometimes when we have things in our head, it can just get jumbled. It can get crazy. But I like what you're saying about taking those days and saying like, all right, this particular day, that's going to be a me day leave me alone. I'm going to do this. And then these other days, time blocks and things like that, where you have things for your business and things for personal and utilizing the people around you to help if they can. Absolutely. And the major key is when you're doing that list and it's like a brain dump, but it's a list that you take and you restructure it, right? Mm -hmm. Do what you can with what you know and what you have at that moment and build on it as you grow, but do what you can with what you have and what you know. That way you won't be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. That is such a major key because Lord knows, sometimes you just sit there and you're like, oh Lord, how did I get into this? <laughs> and you just have to start. And like you said, take that brain dump, organize it and start with what you can do at that very moment. I did, I know with that particular list, I did all the easy stuff first. I was like, okay, what can I do right now? all right, let me try this first. (laughs) Like this can get done. This can get done. So that I felt accomplished too. So I think that's great. Um, One thing that you did mention was having like virtual assistants. Um, Is that something that you started earlier in your business or is that something more recent? Like how 
um, did you decide that it was time for a virtual assistant? I've always had an assistant because I'm the person that had the salon mm-hmm. and I started day one with an assistant. And like, yeah. even when I was paying booth, um, booth rental mm-hmm. for a space, they were like, you got an assistant and you just finished. And I'm like, yeah, That's why not? <laughs> I'm like, I had a braider and I had a person that did my shampoos and they, they, they prepped everyone's hair for me and everything. And they were good. And everyone was like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to pay her. You know, I'm going to pay her, pay her very not. I'm a, she got paid very well, put it mm-hmm. that way. Um, and, and she did great work. And um, yeah, that's what I did. So I already knew the concept of having a team in place. Um, even when I worked as a young adult in the market research field, when I was doing the product market research with the company, um, I knew to have a team in place. Um, when I had an opportunity to be a partner with the company, I literally had a call center and I had to hire people. So I knew the concept of having a team of people to do things for you. Plus my mother, I grew up, my mother was a legal secretary and Mm -hmm. she told me never, ever learn how to type. You don't want to be an admin. You don't want to be a secretary. So it was actually um, bred and bred into my brain. Like over the years, my mother was like, Oh my God, why am I doing this? She went to school for journalism and communication and she ended up being a legal secretary and she just couldn't stand it. Yeah. But she made, she made money and she was also uh, contracting so she didn't really work she was more contracting mm-hmm. with different companies so she taught me just hire someone else to do it <laughs> she mm-hmm. was like you don't want to do it just hire someone else to do it she was like because she would just tell me her stories about her at work and she was like oh my god they want it done this way and I just did it that way now they want it done again they changed their mind so just hear her say that she was like just hire someone um the people at the law firms where she worked at and who she contracted with, they had people to do a lot of the work for them. So she was saying, why be the person doing all the work? You know, just like she would say a nurse, nothing against any of the industries, but that's what she just said to me. So mm-hmm. I just took it upon myself saying, I always need an assistant. Mm. And, and that's just what I did. Like, even with me, um, working on sets and stuff, I always had assistants with me and, and I would just literally find someone who was looking to get into the industry and offer the services to them. Or like I said, I would barter with them. And it's because it would save you time. Mm. Did, you know, you find you time. That, did you find that you made more money with assistance or you feel like you made more money with assistance because you had that extra help and you could get more done? I will tell you that having a virtual assistant or paying someone to do the things that you're not a master at gives you time, which converts into money because now you don't have to spend time on those things. You could just pay someone to do it. And instead of frustrating yourself on how to do this for hours, days at a time, that's being stuck. So my goal is for all of us as moms, as women is not to be stuck. And that's one of those areas where I see a lot of us are stuck in because we spend too much time on those small little things that we shouldn't do. How about we outsource it? We Mm. find someone to barter with. How about we, um, how about we uh, get the virtual assistant? You know, we know that you can get a virtual assistant for four, $4 an hour in the Philippines, you know, Um, research that, find out you know, which area in the Philippines is very well known, you know, free of the typhoon area. They're very good at speaking English and pay them $4 an hour or more, 
you know, and just have a set schedule for them to do the things that you can't do. But what you must do first is you must have a system in place and a flow of how you want the work to be done so that they can do it for you. Mm. But that's going to save you a lot of time. So now you can focus on the bigger things. That makes sense. I like that because a lot of times we're afraid to ask for help in certain um, areas. Sometimes we've seen other people in our lives not get help. And we think that getting help means that we're less of a woman or whatever else. But I love that you're talking about, you know, strategic ways that you can get help. So if you are, you know, just working your nine to five or something like that, but you get someone to help uh, with the cleaning or help with meal prep or things like that, that can give you some money. I mean, give you some time uh, to do the things, other things that you need to do in your household, or if you have a business, get in some help. I love that, like a virtual assistant or something like that. I really love that. Yes. And it's, it's, it's more popular now than anything. You see it so much on um, social media. Everyone's talking about, you know, they are, everyone knows about the fiber, you know, all the other companies, yeah. and, but everyone now is really um, taking advantage of virtual assistants. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, working in corporate, um, which I haven't worked in corporate in 16 years, it's 16 mm-hmm. years since I've been on like a W2. Um, yeah. So I can just be real honest with you. I remember when I used to work at GE Financial Services and I was a credit analyst there as well. I remember them outsourcing their white, their white mail, meaning anything that was paper coming in, they outsourced it. Mm-hmm. And that was because it was cheaper for them to do that because the cost for the labor was cheaper in another country. Yeah. So that whole department shut down. Yeah. Um, I remember um, because I worked in the finance space, I had friends that worked at Capital One. I worked at GE. I had friends that worked at different mortgage companies and things like that because the area where I worked when I used to live in Atlanta, I'm from Atlanta originally, that whole area was like full. It was just like the financial district, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was talking to a friend from college and she was telling me, oh, yeah, um, they got me going to India. I got to go train in India. And I told her, I said, they're getting ready to outsource and shut their whole shut the whole department down and she said no they're not I said yes they are within two years I told her I said you need to start looking for something I said because that's what they do and she wasn't a business owner she's she now now she is a business owner because that forced her to do it because guess what two years later her job was over yeah Mm. so they do it and the companies are still around but they just started outsourcing because Mm. it saves them money yeah Yeah, that's definitely something to think about as, you know, as we're working, just keeping an eye on the things that we're doing, the skills that we're gaining, and how um, our jobs are utilized and the growth potential in this country and outside of the country. So we know when our job is about to get outsourced so we can figure some things out. Um, I did want to ask you, is there anything, um, any other advice that you would give to moms um, as they're balancing work and motherhood, whether entrepreneurs or nine to fivers? Yes. What I would like to say is that for all of the moms out there, including myself, remember to take care of yourself and spend time with you have those moments alone by yourself 
just to clear your mind because we have so many things that we do and we have to handle and we have challenges that we have every day. It's very important that you take time for you, that you get your mind set together, that you always start your day with, I am going to hit all of my goals today. I am going to uh, be in frequency today. I am actually going to be able to get everything done on our list. I'm going to connect with the right people. You have to start affirming every day how you want your day to go. And that Mm -hmm. if anything comes your way, because it will come your way, right? I'm not one of those people. When you get that adversity that comes to you, you'll get those challenging moments that you are in the right mindset and you know how to react. Okay. You know how to respond Mm -hmm. and you have the right people in place to help you. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to hit all of my goals today. I need to put that on my board (laughs) so that I can have that reminder when I'm in here in my office. And sometimes you get feeling some type of way. You can look up, say, oh, nope, nope, nope. Can't let let up. I'm going to hit all my goals today. So I love that. Absolutely. Um, And there's there's an app that I want to share before. um, I know you have a segment going on. I wanted to share this one app with you all. it's called the I am app. It's a small little fee. I think maybe like $10 or 20 bucks, but I always share it with people. It's an app that gives you daily affirmations and they have different categories, love and relationships, self-care, positive thinking, personal growth, happiness and gratitude, work and career. It's so many different categories and you can select it. It has ones for parenting, kids, couples, a lot of different things in this app. It's an amazing app and it literally gives you quotes every day. So it can help you as a mom get your mind right and refocus because it takes a habit to get there. It's not something that's easily done. We are always thinking about every little thing in the world. And I don't know why, but sometimes the whole thing with clearing your mind and affirming, it's challenging. So mm-hmm. I just want to share that it is challenging, but I promise you, if you keep going in and you like get like apps like that, it's called the I am app. Um, use that and, and, and use it every day. If you're feeling, you know, like you're unbalanced or you're overwhelmed, Go to the app, pull up those affirmations, start thinking about them, start saying them. That's the most important woman that we need to do as women. Take care of ourselves because we carry a lot. A lot of people depend on us. And if we don't take care of ourselves first, how can we take care of everyone else? Yes, love it. So could you let us know how we can get in contact with you if anyone's interested in the work that you're doing or just connecting with you? Yes, you can find me um, online as well on social media at uh, makeover360agency.com. My website is www.makeover360agency.com. And you can find me on Instagram as well as Facebook. The handle is makeover360agency as well. Awesome. That makes it easy for us. I'm going to make sure I put that in the show notes. I'm so glad that you were able to come on the podcast, Halima. This is great. Um, And it's great to see how you've been able to transition from being a 22-year-old mother to being a mother of a 22-year-old. So I think that's awesome. And um, 
I'm really uh, excited to see um, uh, your career continue to grow and your business continue to grow. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Brenda. As you could tell, I love talking to Halima and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. She definitely gave us a lot of advice on getting the support that you need in motherhood to be able to accomplish your goals. Um, Make sure that you click the links in my um, show notes to connect with her. Uh, And also remember, if you're on Apple Podcasts, take the time to rate the podcast and write a review. It would mean the world to me and it would show others that you enjoy Moms Hustle Different and they should listen too. Otherwise, join my Instagram family and uh, join our email list and the links are in the show notes. See y'all next week. Have a great day.